I had our third child, um, Asher, um, almost six months ago now. It's hard to believe that in just a couple of days, he's going to be six months old. We got that picture, Eva, throw that picture up. That's, that's, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I just feel like, I feel like the, the time is just absolutely moving uh, like warp speed, man. It's just insane how fast it's going. But one of the things that I've always enjoyed with all three of our kids is Robin would sign up for this deal where she would get emails periodically to kind of give milestones of uh, your baby's progress and how they are growing. And so it's, it's fun to see those emails. It's like the first week your baby uh, is, should be sleeping just about all day long, which is the truth. They, that's about all they do. And uh, it says that their reflexes, you know, they're just kind of getting used to life outside of the womb. And it's like, you know, you, you rub your baby's cheek, and uh, they'll turn their head, you know, looking for its food source. It's kind of like a bird, you know, a bird's got their mouth open waiting for that worm to be dropped in. Uh, it's kind of the idea there. And then, and then you get the emails, and they, 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 uh, they move on, and it says, by three months, uh, the email lets us know that our baby is probably able to sit upright when propped, but still doesn't have good head control. And so, you know, this is always fun to uh, test this out and stick your baby in like one of those boppy seats and watch them, you know, kind of like, you know, <laughs> do this number or, or in a high chair and they're kind of slumped down. And uh, it was so funny when we had our first kid, Jude, uh, we were at the beach and he was about three months old and we had him in one of those bouncy chair seats. And I'm the one who put him in the seat. And so because I put him in there, I did not strap him in. Uh, I thought he'll be all right. And, um, and so it was so funny. We were in the kitchen. We turned around and looked, and Jude's like, his back is at the you know, bottom, and he's kind of like, you know, sitting there. And uh, it was just, it was funny. Uh, but, uh, you know, the five-month email, it lets us know that our baby is probably rolling over in both directions. It's on its back. It's rolling over to the front, front to back, and vice versa. And so the idea is that these emails are showing you that your baby is growing physically and learning new things. And as a dad, it's been fun to watch all three of my boys grow and develop. I remember with Shepard, our middle child, uh, when he was uh, trying to learn how to master uh, feeding goldfish and those little puff cereal things to himself. And now, parents, you know, man, that whenever your kid learns to grasp things with their fingers and put them in their mouth, that's life-changing, is it not? Can I get an amen? Right, and so Shepard is almost a year. I'm sitting here thinking to myself, man, this dude needs to be at this stage of his life. He needs to be growing up, right? He needs to be at this stage. So I am working from home one day, and um, I'm, I'm, I think I'm writing a sermon or doing something of that nature, and I'm trying to focus and trying to concentrate, trying to read, and it's hard to do that when I've got Shepard over in this high chair crying every five or six seconds, wanting me to put a piece of goldfish in his mouth or in his hand. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, you, you ought to know how to do this by now. And so this is what I do. And you guys are going to think this is mean, but I'm sorry. This is what I did. So I took, took Shepard in his high chair, and I put him in another room. I dumped goldfish all over his tray. I went back to where I was at, put in earphones. I know. I know. You guys are like, I can't believe you did that. But... But he learned. He got it, right? Because I was like, dude, you're either going to learn to do this, you're going to grow up, or you're going to be hungry for, for a little while, okay? And, uh, and he, he learned. He did it, man. He, uh, he figured it out, and it was life-changing. Shepherd was growing up. And now our oldest, uh, our oldest son, Jude, who was 
about to be seven in August, man, he is pretty well self-sufficient, man. It's just amazing to watch. Uh, I mean, he still needs uh, some help with things, but, but praise the Lord, we're not changing diapers, you know, with him. Uh, he, he's feeding himself. He's dressing himself. You know, we are teaching him responsibility, and obviously he's not mature enough to make important decisions on his own, uh, but he is growing up, and isn't that the goal, right? We want our kids to grow up. Now, it's pretty easy for us uh, to look around and see that a baby or a toddler is different than an adult in a lot of ways, right? I mean, you can see that. Uh, they're, they're pretty different in a lot of ways. Uh, for instance, you know, babies and toddlers can get away with certain things that adults just can't get away with, right? Like, let me give you an example, right? So this is a picture of Shepherd. Right? Shepherd is laying in the middle of a hallway at the Chester YMCA, in case you couldn't tell that. Uh, my wife has just picked him up from Child Watch, which is the room directly behind, and you can't see it, but there is a vending machine right to the right. So Shepard walks out, sees the vending machine, and naturally he asks, can I have a snack, can I have this or that, and my wife says no, and then this is what ensues, right? He throws himself down on the floor, uh, arms wailing, you know, temper tantrum, and, and my wife takes a snapshot of it, because she thought it was funny, and of course people look at that and they're like, oh yeah, okay, whatever. Uh, but in this next photo, right, this next photo, this is Shepard again. Uh, you see a pattern here with Shepard, right? He's our middle kid. This is what he does. And uh, so this is a Krispy Kreme Donuts, right? And I'm sitting here thinking, man, what could you possibly be upset about after just having a donut? And uh, so I don't know what he's throwing a fit at there. But, uh, but, you know, the thing of it is, man, when you see a baby that is fussy or throwing a fit or a toddler, you know, we kind of look at that and we say to ourselves, eh, yeah, they're, they're a baby, they're a toddler, it's kind of expected, right? Right? Now, what do you think people would think if me, being a 40-year-old man, was at Krispy Kreme Donuts and, and I said, baby, can I have another donut? And she said, no. And I just plopped myself right down the floor right there, started screaming and kicking, right? I want a donut, you know? First service, first service wanted me to actually get down and demonstrate that, but I'm like, that's going a little too far. I'm not doing that, right? right. We, don't, we, don't, we don't, exactly, we don't have that picture. But, but here's the thing, right? You would look at me, you would look at a, an adult that did something like that, you would be like, man, that, 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 that kid, that, that man ain't right, right? I mean, people, people think that about me anyways, but, but you would see that and you think, man, he, he is just not, he is not right. And so, uh, adults and kids, babies, are different. And so just as the goal, just as the goal is for babies to grow up physically, to mature, to become adults, listen, the same is true at, with, with our spiritual growth, right? With our spiritual growth, we want to grow spiritually and become mature adults in our faith. And so you see this throughout Scripture, man. One of the dominant themes is this idea of grow up. We have to grow up. And that's what this sermon series that we kicked off last week is all about. It's about growing in our faith. Uh, now, what's interesting is that throughout the Bible, you see that it refers to a new Christian, someone who has put their faith in Jesus. They refer to them as a baby in Christ. They are an infant. The Bible says that they are born again. In other words, we have this new life, that we are a new creation in Christ. We have been fully justified and completely accepted by God through Jesus Christ. 
but we are not complete because there has to be this massive change uh, that takes place in our lives. So let me put it this way, right? The power of sin has been broken in our life, but the presence of sin still remains. And so the idea is, is that we will progressively, over time, put away those sins. And the key word there is progressive. Progressive. And this is very important for us to understand this morning. You see, God's work of justification is an event. It happens like this, right? It happens in an instant. So the moment that you put your faith and trust in Jesus, the moment you say, I am surrendering my life, God smacks the gavel down and says, you are justified. You are innocent because you've accepted the free gift of salvation that Jesus Christ paid for your sins. Right? That happens like that. You're justified just as if I had never done it is what that means. But then, but then, but then the, the, the sanctification process, right, the, the, the growth process is a lifelong process, right? That doesn't happen in an instant. And we live in a culture, in a day and age, man, where we expect things now. And so we get discouraged, right? We think, man, I should be further along. I shouldn't be struggling with this still. I should, you know, we, we, we're, we're expecting a silver bullet type of spiritual growth, right? Well, something that we can just, hey, we're, we're there. And, and, and the Bible says that's just not the case, right? It's a process. That's why it's called discipleship. And just as a new baby needs to be loved and nurtured and cared for in order for it to grow physically, likewise, a new baby needs, a new baby in Christ needs to be loved, nurtured, and cared for in order that it may grow spiritually mature as well. That's why our purpose here at Chester Christian Church is not only to reach people with the gospel, but we also want to disciple people and equip them in the gospel as well. Right? So let me say this, man. We always want to have lots and lots of babies in this church. Like literally, we want to have lots of babies back there in the nursery. But we also want to have lots of babies in the spiritual sense as well. We want new Christians. We want infants in Christ because that shows us that we are reaching people with the gospel. Amen? Amen. But our goal is not that you would stay as an infant, that you wouldn't have t-ball faith, right? Our goal is, is that you would be discipled and that you would grow and that you would mature in your, in your faith. And so that's, that's what we want, man. Spiritual growth is not optional. It must take place. And so let's look at this passage in the New Testament. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to 1 Peter. 1 Peter is going to be kind of towards the end of your Bible. If you are looking in a, uh, a Bible as you turn pages, uh, if you have your mobile device or whatever you use, you can turn to 1 Peter there. Uh, the words will be on the screen as well, so you can follow along that way. Uh, 1 Peter. Uh, Peter is the author of this, this letter. Uh, Peter, if you don't know Peter, is one of the disciples of Jesus. He is the one who preached the first sermon in the book of Acts, and uh, it's kind of like the pillar of the church there. And so this is Peter, and he's writing to a group of Christians, and uh, starting in chapter 2, verse 1, uh, this is what it says, okay? Peter writes, he says, So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander. Like newborn infants long for pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted 
that the Lord is good. Now, that word, so, at the beginning of that chapter is a hugely important word. That word, so, is just like the word, therefore. As a matter of fact, some of your translations may even say, therefore. And I've always said, and if you have been here for very long, you know what I'm about to say. Anytime you see the word, therefore, you always have to ask the question, why is that therefore, right? What came before? Exactly, Stephanie. And so what we want to do is we want to kind of ask that question, why is that therefore? And so we need to go back a few verses and see why that is therefore. Why is Peter saying this so? Okay? And so look back at chapter 1, verses 22 through 25, and this is why he says the word so. He says, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth, the truth is the word of God, for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart, since you have been born again. We are a new creation in Christ, not of perishable seed, right? Not, not, of, not of a seed that is going to eventually die and fade away, but of imperishable seed through the living and abiding word of God. And then he quotes from the, from the prophet Isaiah to make his point. For all flesh is like grass and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls. That's that, that, that perishable seed. But the word, the imperishable, the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news, the gospel that was preached to you. So what Peter is saying is, is this newness, this new life that you have been given is built on durability. It is built on unshakable hope, right? It is built on the word of God that is going to last forever, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so when he gets to chapter 2 and he says, so or therefore, he's saying in light of this, in light of what God has done for you through Jesus Christ, that God loves you so much that he sent his son to pay the penalty for our sins, that God made a way for us to have a relationship with him, in light of this, Peter says, put away. In light of what God has done for you, put away. And that put away is a command, it is an action that we do on our part. And that's important to understand because the passive part is the first part that comes before the action. The passive part for us is the first part, right? This is what God has done for you. You had nothing to do with this. God loves you even when we were in rebellion to him. When we were turning our backs towards God, God loved us and he entered into our brokenness and he sent Christ to die for our sins. He says you were passive in that part. You had nothing to do with it. You can't earn your salvation. You can do nothing except accept the free gift of grace. He has made you new. And so because of that, when you have tasted that, when you realize that, Peter says, now comes your part, you put away. You put away. You put away. Now how do we do that? Well, Peter's going to tell us. He says, like newborn infants, long. And that word long there is the word is desire. Some of your translations may say crave for the pure spiritual milk. Now, what is this milk? 
Well, the milk is the word of God. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. He says, crave it that you may do what? That you may grow up. Right? So there's a couple of things that I want to point out here. First, Peter says, like newborn infants. And what I want to point out is is I don't think Peter is writing this letter just to new baby Christians. Because he uses the word like. I think, I think Peter's writing this, there, there are some new Christians in the crowd, but I also think there are seasoned Christians, people who have been Christians and following Jesus for you know, however long, 20, 25, 30 years, and he says, like newborn infants, long for, desire, crave the pure spiritual milk. Now, a newborn depends on milk to survive, to grow and, and, and Peter is saying that we, as Christians, equally depend on the Word of God, the Gospel, for our spiritual survival and growth. Now, if you have ever been around a newborn baby, you know how this plays out. This is so fun to watch. It's an amazing thing that God, uh, the way He just created this whole process. But you guys know, once a baby is born, uh, unless it's a C-section baby, uh, what's the first thing they do with the baby? The baby comes out fussy and crying, and they lay the baby on the mother's lap, chest, and what does that baby want to do right away? It wants to, what? It cries, but why is it crying? Because it wants to feed, right? It wants to go ahead and start eating. It needs to eat. And so that baby, you know, it, it is fun, man, especially as you take that baby home. It's been fun, uh, you know, watching Asher. Uh, you know, he, he wakes up, he's crying, he's fussy, he's hungry, and, and they, like, literally turn their heads, like, violently. Because they are searching for their food source, you know. And so I love to have fun uh, with Asher a little bit. Again, you guys are going to judge me on this, and that, that's totally okay. Uh, but I will go pick up uh, Asher from a nap or whatever, and, to, and I'm going to be taking him to Robin so he can eat. And I will intentionally cradle him in my arms. Right? <laughs> you know what I'm doing. And, and, and so he thinks that, so I can see his head. His head is turning towards me. And I'm just like, buddy, I can't help you. I can't do anything about this, right? And, uh, and funny, I'll, I'll, I'll take him down to Robin, you know, and I'll, I'll have him in my arms like this, and, it's, and I'll, I'll swoop him in like an airplane, you know. And it's fun to watch him because his mouth is like, you know. And it, listen, it, this is the point. But then, also, but then also, he has gotten used now to a bottle. And so when he sees a bottle in our hand, uh, yesterday at lunchtime, we had taken my mom out for, for, for lunch, and, it, and Asher needed a bottle. And as soon as we pull that bottle out, man, he's recognized that bottle. And it's funny to watch his eyes and mouth go, yeah, And I say all that to say this. This is what Peter is talking about. Right? This is what Peter is saying. He says, I want you to long. Have that like newborn infants. Like newborn infants. Desire this pure spiritual milk. He says, you will grow up into salvation. Now, let me clarify this. Peter is not saying that you are going to earn your salvation because you've already been born again. You've been justified. But I think what Peter is saying here is, is that the gospel not only saves us, but the gospel is what is going to sustain us and help us grow. Right? In other words, you are never, ever, ever going to graduate from the gospel. You're never going to get to a point where you're like, you know what, I think I've got all this figured out. Right? It's never going to happen. It's a lifelong process that we work on until we go be with Jesus in heaven. And so I love what Tim Keller says. Tim Keller says that the gospel is not just the ABCs of Christianity, but it's the A to Z. It's the whole thing. And this is what, this is what Peter is saying. He's saying to you grow up into your salvation, that you're going to mature. 
And then he says, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Now, if you're familiar uh, with the Psalms, you know that, that Peter is quoting from Psalm 34, 8, where it says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And so this desire to grow springs from an experience with the Lord's goodness and his kindness and his mercy. And so let me, let me explain it this way, man. Once you have experienced the grace of God, right, once you recognize, and this is why we, we pray on a weekly basis, God, help us to, to see ourselves for who we are in light of who you are and let us see our need for you because that's the biggest problem for most people is they just don't see their need for a Savior. And so once you have recognized that you need a Savior, once you, you see your wretched, dirty, sinful heart and that you have rebelled against the creator of the universe and that you continually turn your back on him, once you see that and then you see that, that it is with great love, not just with love, but the Bible says it is with great love that God has loved us, that in our sinfulness, that in our rebellion, God pursued us for relationship. And this is what Peter's saying. He's saying is once you have tasted that, once you have experienced that, once you, once you have seen that, what God has done for you, and you've experienced the goodness and the mercy of God, Peter says you're going to long for more of that. You're going to long for more of that. And so, so this is the way I explain it to my kids, right? Yesterday was a prime example. Uh, Jude has... Uh, this, this, this bad uh, deal where he, he, he talks down to his brother's shepherd. And so he'll be mean towards him or he'll say something, he'll snap at him. You know, it's just, I hear that and I'm like, buddy, you know, I, so I pull him up to the side and I'm like, listen to me. I said, you've got to learn to be patient with your brother. And this is what I tell him. I say, man, listen to me, God loves you. God loves you even though you have a dirty heart, even though you talk bad and down to your brother. God loves you. And he is pursuing after you, and he wants to have a relationship with you. And because God loves you, and because God made shepherd also, God wants you to love shepherd and treat shepherd the way that you want to be treated. You see, in that how that plays. So, so I'm trying to get him to understand, man, this is, this is how God sees you, right? This is how you need to see yourself, that you've got a dirty heart. And that God loves you and wants to have a relationship with you. And so this is what Peter's saying. Peter's saying, man, once you've tasted that goodness, it's going to fuel that growth, that continued growth in the gospel. So what effect does being born again and growing in the gospel have on our lives? Well, Peter tells us, right, our growth in the gospel is expressed back up in verse 1 of Peter, 1 Peter chapter 2. Right? He says our, our, our growth is expressed in that. He says, um, remember I said earlier that, that our sins, uh, the, the power of sin has been broken, but the presence of still, sin still remains, right? Even though we come to Christ, we still have dirty hearts. We still have things we need to work on. We still need to be changed and transformed. And so Peter says, put away all malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander. He says, buy this milk, buy this pure spiritual milk, ongoing drinking of the gospel, which is the goodness of God, we grow up, therefore being discipled in the gospel and growing up in our faith is this, is this drinking, this continual drinking of the word of God. To drink and to drink 
and to drink like like 7-Eleven big gulp kind of drink, right? Where you just kind of turn it up, you know, and runs down your, your, your face there. He says, drink from the Word of God and let the Word of God satisfy your soul. Let the goodness and mercy and kindness of the Lord satisfy your soul. So how does filling ourselves with the Word, growing in the Gospel, help us overcome our sins, right? Because we've got sins, we've got, we all sin, we all fall short of the glory of God, and some of us have those sins that we struggle with, right, that we just can't seem to overcome. And here's the deal, man. One of the problems with sin is its power to deceive us, right? Sin has a tendency to make us think that we are okay when really we're not okay, right? Uh, sin has the, the power to, to make us self-reliant, uh, makes us self-assured. Sin causes us to resist correction, right, and and to be offended or get defensive when somebody else tries to correct us. You know, you know. Yet what happens is, is that that inner lawyer comes out in our ourselves, and we try to defend ourselves. We're like, well, I'm, I'm not that bad. I'm not that. You know, I didn't do that. Or you, you ever do that in yourself? You kind of defend your your actions in your mind and yourself. That's that's what sin does. So I'll kind of give you an example from my own life, and this is something that, that Robin and I, uh, we kind of talked about this recently, and I was convicted on, uh, but you know, uh, parents, bedtime routine, bedtime routine can sometimes just be exhausting, amen, amen, right? And so, especially at the end of the day, man, when you're already tired and you're already exhausted, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to get uh, Jude and Shepard uh, ready for bed and brush your teeth, go potty, get this on, get that on. Uh, do whatever, read a book, and, you know, and not that they're doing anything wrong, like they're not being disobedient, but because I am tired, because I'm exhausted, right, I'm short with them sometimes, and I may, I may snap at them, you know, and it's not because they did anything wrong, and so I'll leave their room, and I'll be like, they're six and three, you know, this is what they do when they go to bed, they just, you know, they, they take their time, they're slow, and so what's the problem here, right, the problem isn't my kids, is it? The problem is my dirty heart, expecting them to, to do what, you know, on my time, expecting them to understand, hey, don't you understand my, my day has been like, I'm tired and exhausted. Can't, they're six and three. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, but, but I could have easily said, you know what, I am tired, I am exhausted. You know, they, they deserve for me to snap at them. You know, they deserve for the, and I could easily, my in-law could do that. That's what sin does. And one of the purposes of the Word of God, the gospel, is to illuminate, right? Sin is darkness. The Word of God is light. It shines. It illuminates and exposes our dirty hearts. That's what it does. And it can be uncomfortable at times. It will be uncomfortable. But the Holy Spirit, working through the Word of God, it exposes us and it causes us to then want to change, to surrender Right? It convicts. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and a spirit of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And then Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, this is a great passage. It says, Do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the what? Renewing of your mind. How do we renew our minds? By drinking of the spiritual milk and drinking 
and drinking and drinking. Listen, the more that we long for the goodness and the kindness of God, the more that we're going to know Christ, the more we're going to make much of Jesus in our life. The more that we are in the word of God, the more that we are drinking up this spiritual milk, the more that those desires, right, those sins that we think satisfy us, the more that we are satisfied by the word of God, the more those things are going to just be distasteful. Be like, this is out of character. Because God is doing a work in us. He is changing us. Right? Amen? That, that's, that's how it works, man. That, that's, that's, the presence of, that's how the presence of sin in our lives begins to be broken by the gospel. And listen to me, that's a lifelong process. That's why we do it together. That's why, that's why Sunday mornings are so important, man. You come together and we encourage each other and we can be a part of this fellowship and we can sing songs. Right, we can encourage each other. Isn't it, isn't it great to do that? Right? And so, so, so what I want to do is just help you and give you a few resources to help you uh, be able to grow because that's, that's what our desire here is for. And so, so the very first thing you can do, man, is, is what I said. You can be here on Sunday mornings. You can attend. Uh, just be encouraged, but also be a part of a small group. Man, when you get together with other believers in a small group and you dive into the Word and you're asking questions and you're studying the Word together, that is going to challenge you. That is going to confront you. Somebody might say something, and you're like, I didn't even think about it that way. Right? And so it's going to help you to grow and think through things, right? So be a part of a small group. If you're not connected to a small group or if you want to start a small group, uh, we would love to be able to help you do that. And uh, with Right Now Media, man, that new resource we have, man, it, is just, it would be easier than ever uh, to do that. So please, please do that. Another thing, man, is just... Uh, I have this. If you, if you come to our Connect class, which, by the way, is next Sunday night uh, at our house, then you're going to get this. But I've made several copies up here. Uh, Trent, come up here and be my model for this, man. Come, do you mind to come up here? You Be my Vanna White. Hold these up for me. Hold these up for me. Just hold them up. Doesn't Trent look good? The, these that are up here, man, I've got lots of copies. So after the service, they're going to be up here. Please take one. You're doing an excellent job, Trent. Fantastic. You're hired, man. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, excellent, excellent work. So these are going to be up here. here. Here's what this is, man, how to study the Bible. Uh, so it asks you kind of three things here, right? So it starts with your head, and, and these questions will help you examine what the Word says. Now, now let me encourage you this morning, because I think the misconception is, is that we've got to read through our Bibles in a year, or we've got to read big chunks of Scripture or whatever. Listen to me, man, you can read small chunks. As a matter of fact, I think it's better. If you read small chunks of scripture, the other morning in my devotional time, I read Isaiah chapter 40, and I didn't even get through the whole chapter because there was this one section that just absolutely floored me. Like, I just, I stopped, and I was like, by the end of my time of like thinking through that, that, what that, it was basically talking about how powerful and how awesome God is and how insignificant I am, right? And it just, it was in, I was in amaze, I was in awe. I was like, man, God, you are amazing. You are awesome. And so I, that's as far as I got. Like, I didn't get any further, and that's okay, right? And so just take small chunks of Scripture. Uh, heart questions. These questions will help you wrestle with what you believe. And then the hands. These questions will help you bring the truth and belief into your everyday realities. 
And so that, that's part of equipping, right? We talk about being equipped in the gospel. And so the idea is, is that you are in the word, you're drinking the milk, and you know it. And so when you are faced with a circumstance, right, you're going through a period of time in your life where you're struggling, uh, or you've got some, some moral dilemma that you're in, you're like, what do I do here? What's going to happen is, is the word of God is going to come to mind, and you're going to be equipped then to flesh that out in your life. Amen? That's equipped. That's being equipped, right? Being discipled and equipped in the gospel. Uh, the other thing is, man, you can download version on your phone, man. Uh, oh, Siri's about to say something. No, no. Oh, anyways. Download version on your phone, and uh, it's a great resource. There's Bible plans out there, seven-day plans, three-day plans, all kinds of plans. Uh, please, that's a great resource and then, uh, and then, of course, our C3 discipleship classes that we started this year. Uh, we just had one last week. Uh, we will have those throughout the year. Man, please be a part of those. Sign up. Uh, just we, we want you to grow deeper. We want you to grow in your spiritual walk. We want you to grow in your faith. Amen? Now, let me, let me close by saying this because I want to encourage you this morning. Because the reality of it is, there's probably a lot of us in this room this morning that are sitting here saying, you know what, Aaron, this is all good and well, man, but I am struggling to even have the desire. Like you talk about having a desire, I don't even have the desire to be in the Word of God. So let me just encourage you this morning with three things. And again, these aren't silver bullet things, uh, but I pray that these things will um, help you and encourage you uh, to grow in this area of your life. The first thing is remember God's grace. Remember God's grace. Right? Listen, if, if God loves you so much that he would send his son to die for you, I, I know that God is committed to seeing you go through this process of spiritual growth. Like, he's not going to give up on you. Right? And I think what happens sometimes is we go through these, these, these times in our life when we're struggling and we're like, I don't even have the desire. And we... And we can kind of beat ourselves up because we feel guilty and we feel shameful. And then we, we kind of think that that's the way God feels about us. Well, if I feel that way, then God must feel that way. Listen to me. That's not the gospel. The gospel frees you up from that. The gospel takes your guilt and shame. The gospel allows you, when you are in those moments in your life, to then keep pursuing after God without guilt and shame. Right? Don't run from God. Run to God. Rest in his grace and mercy and his kindness and his goodness. Pray, God, give me that desire. Forgive me when I fall short. Forgive me. Yeah, so that, that's just remember God's grace. He's committed to seeing you grow. Philippians 1, 6, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion as the day of Jesus Christ. Listen to me. He's going to be committed to you. He's going to be. The second thing is remember Jesus. Listen, the Word of God, this is not just words on a page, right? This, this is Jesus. This is, this is who he is, right? It's not just a, uh, this, this, God has given Jesus himself. He has invited us to have a relationship with Jesus, with God, through the Scriptures, man. So just remember, remember that it's living, it's active, Scriptures is a person. And then finally, remember to remember, right? And what I mean by that is remember your identity in Christ. Remember who you are in Christ. Right? Remember that you have been born again. That you have been justified. 
Right? Don't, don't let anything else define you. But you are one of his. And see, oftentimes when we forget that, what happens is, is we are trying to run our own lives. We're trying to take the place of God. And anytime we do that, we're always going to be dissatisfied. We're always going to come up feeling empty. But when we surrender and realize, okay, God, I know who I am in Christ. Satisfy my soul. Be satisfied in him. Remember who you are in Christ. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much uh, for your word. Thank you for your grace and mercy and your goodness and kindness. Um, God, I pray this morning that um, wherever folks are, that they would be encouraged. God, that they would see Christ. I pray that if there are folks here this morning that just feel like they cannot um, do this, they don't have the desire, or, or they're just kind of running from you, God, I pray that you would encourage them, that they would just feel your presence, God, that they would know how much you love them. Father, that they would know just how patient you are with them. Father, I pray that you would just give them that desire, that you would give them that longing. God, that they would just be able to grow in their faith and love for you. Father, I pray for, for people here, man, that are just knocking this out of the park. Man, they're in the Word, they're growing. God, I pray that you would just stir in their hearts and that they would just come alongside, man, that they would uh, walk along people and, and just help them grow in their faith, God, that they would disciple and mentor and help others. God, we're, we're here for a purpose. We're, we're here on a mission. And that's your mission. And God, we want to see as many people come to know Jesus as possible. So, Father, I pray this morning that, uh, that if there's individuals here that need to know Jesus, need to know what it means to be born again, I pray that they'll come forward and do that. Stir in their hearts, God. Fill this place with your spirit. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So we're going to stand together and we're going to sing this song as a response. I'm going to invite, if you're a member of the prayer team, uh, come on up. If you're here this morning, you just need encouragement, you need prayer, don't be ashamed. Come on up and, and, and let us pray with you this morning. Um, if you're here and you, like I said, you want to know what it means to be born again, I would love to talk to you about that as well. So let's sing together. <laughs>